that can change the way you think and feel about food, nutrition, workouts, and the confidence you have in your body to achieve those goals so you can become absolutely allergic to the mediocrity that you've been holding on to. I know we're going to have an amazing time together today, and I can't thank you enough for pressing play. Let's get started. One of the questions I get asked the most by friends and family, clients or potential clients, even other professionals really in the industry is how do I do it? How do I have time to do the workouts, to do the work, to do the podcasting, to see the clients, to you know, prioritize all of this stuff throughout my day? How do I do it? And how do I achieve the goals that I set out to achieve? What, do I, what is so special about me? I'm so lucky or whatever they say. But that's not really true, right? And you can't believe that everyone who is successful is just lucky because that's that's not how life works, right? Not everybody is just, well, that person is lucky because they achieved X or that person's really lucky because they achieved Y. That doesn't really make any sense, right? So when you're thinking about achieving your own goals, I think one of the biggest factors is really deciding how much of a priority that goal is and then evaluating yourself based on if you've taken action and if that action matches your passion for the goal. And what I mean by that is, let's say your goal is to run a 5K. That's awesome. If you prioritize downtime over your 5K practice or workouts or mobility or stability work, then chances are when the 5K comes and you tow the starting line, you're going to be asking yourself if you're really prepared. And the answer is probably going to be no, because if you're prioritizing other things like downtime or work or social life over your 5K workouts and preparation, you're not going to be prepared. And that's totally fine. But then you have to reevaluate and say, why was I unprepared? Was it because I realistically did all my workouts and I'm still not prepared? Or was it because you didn't prioritize things that you should have? And so now you're in this position. And so reevaluating and reframing maybe even what got you to that path. Is it that you are not consistent? Is it that you're not dedicated? Is you're not passionate? Is that the five goal wasn't really the five k wasn't really the goal, but it was more of this pipe dream that you thought you know if you wrote it on the schedule you would just practice for it. That's a reevaluation that I want you guys to start to notice patterns in when you're thinking about your goals. So let's go ahead, take a step back, and let's pause the podcast after I ask you this question and write down your answer. What are your top three goals right now? Whether that's career, workout, diet, relationships, whatever it is. And what's your timeline? Is it by the end of this year, by the end of next year, by my birthday, by X? I want you to write down one goal at a time and then write down what that timeline is for the goal. Then come back to the podcast. 
I really mean it. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you did pause or at least think about your goals, what I want you to do now is as we go through these next couple skills and skill sets that I'm going to tell you about, I want you to think about how each of them would impact your goal, how each of them becomes a smaller step towards achieving that goal, and whether or not this goal was something that you've actively already started working towards or something in the back of your mind. Each of these things I'm going to tell you in the podcast is going to help to get you there, and I want you to bridge that gap between what I'm saying and putting it into practice for you, because it's going to look different for everybody. So I'll go ahead and dive right in. The first one And I'm going to say you're probably going to roll your eyes because you've heard it before, but let me explain. The first one is prioritizing and scheduling your time accordingly. You're busy. I totally get that. And everyone's busy is different than everybody else's busy. You're really busy on Mondays. Okay, that's awesome. You're really busy on Wednesdays, whatever it is, right? But what I want to challenge you is that busy doesn't necessarily mean productive, So let's go ahead and make a change here. Let's reframe what you're busy with to actually putting it into an amount of time that you are quote unquote busy. What are you working on that's making you busy? Is it a project at work? Is it your kids? Is it a social situation? What is it that's making you busy and how can you change busy to productive? Now, the first step is going to be by scheduling time in your day to make that busy a specific amount of time. You are busy with this from two to four or whenever is going to work in your schedule, right? And we're going to start to create this really minute by minute, five minute by five minute, whatever it is, schedule so that you can really look into your routine and find the gaps. Because realistically, when it comes to prioritizing your goals, it really is putting those priorities in these gaps throughout your day so that you can look back on your day or your week and be really, really proud of the progress that you've made because you filled these quote unquote gaps in your schedule. So one example is to schedule your morning routine into your day. That means factoring in all the time it's going to take to really wake up, get out of bed, brush your teeth, take a shower, et cetera, et cetera, all the things you do in the morning that are non-negotiables in your morning routine. Now, this is going to look different for everyone. Maybe it's practicing yoga or, you know, drinking coffee with your family, whatever it is. Creating that morning routine is going to give you time for yourself to kind of ease into the day with the right momentum and energy. Instead of forcing yourself through 45 minutes of getting ready in 15 minutes, you're really scheduling out this time so that you can have maybe a little bit of solitude or a little bit more energy or whatever it is. Now you're going to do the same thing for let's say your meal prep or your workouts. With everyone's schedule being as busy as it is, it can be really easy to skip out on things that you think you prioritize. So let's say you usually work out during your lunch break, but you're really busy at work, so you've been skipping that and just eating at your desk. Well, that's not doing you any good either because eating at your desk, you're distracted when you're eating, so that's not a good eating practice, and you're skipping your workout, and you're probably not really focused on work when you're doing it, right, because you're multitasking. So if you were to break those up into, you know, 15 minutes of walking on your lunch break, 15 minutes of really focusing on work, and then 30 minutes of work, I bet you would be more productive because it's just segmenting and really focusing on what you want to do. But that's finding those gaps in the schedule. And while you're doing that, you want to schedule downtime too, so you don't burn out. You should schedule time to, you know, go sit in a room by yourself and take deep breaths. You should schedule time for a walk so you can be outside in nature, all these kinds of things, and give yourself permission to enjoy life, 
right? You weren't put on this earth to just pay bills and die. So remember, you have to carve out time for yourself to do the things that bring you joy. And yes, work is going to pay the bills. That's awesome. I'm not saying to put work on the back burner, but I am challenging you to not put yourself on the back burner and put work on the forefront. You have to know that you are replaceable at work and they will not hesitate to replace you if you do die, when you do die, right? They're going to have to find somebody else to be that cog in the machine. And that's just the way that it is, right? So for you, finding the gaps in your day that bring you joy and scheduling joy into those gaps is really where this prioritizing and scheduling comes from. The next one is part of my morning routine, and I do prioritize this, but I want to segment this out because it has been really life-changing in a lot of different ways. The first one is, these are all kind of wrapped into one, but I would say journaling, meditating, and expressing gratitude to others and to myself. (laughs) So journaling has shifted my mindset from this scarcity to abundant mindset, from closed to open-minded, from really focusing on negatives to focusing on positives. And if you don't think that journaling is for you, I really want you to try it for a week. Just be consistent with it for one week. And if you don't notice any changes and you honestly see no progress, okay, then maybe you should schedule a call with me and we can talk about how to journal in a productive way. But sitting down and being able to just dump everything from your mind onto paper and not have to think about it again for the rest of the day or maybe ever can be so powerful. We live in a world where we're constantly stressed and stress hormones are super activated all the time in our bodies, and that has such a negative impact on our health overall. Taking the time to breathe and journal or meditate helps to de-stress and signals to your body that you're safe. So you stop producing the stress hormone cortisol, and that stops you know, doing all of these funky things in your system too, like creating brain fog and maybe distracting you from eating or creating more of your hunger hormone, ghrelin, all these things that cause this forward snowball of awful things in your system can really just be, you know, traced back to being stressed all the time and on this go, go, go kind of, you know, boss mentality. So taking that step back, deep breath, even just one minute of breathing can really help to reset your system. Expressing gratitude In the same light as taking that step back and taking your deep breath, expressing gratitude has been shown to change brain chemistry to focus on more positive things in your life. So therefore, you're becoming more mindful, you're being more giving in your life, not just to others, but to yourself as well. And it really, it does stand to be said that you can't be grateful and angry or upset at the same time. So if you're focusing on being grateful Chances are you have more positive emotions linked to your feelings and your experience than if you are angry or upset or frustrated or whatever it is. So if something is bugging you and something stopped you from your prioritization or your scheduling, take that step back, take a deep breath, express gratitude to the universe or whatever you believe in for challenging you and making you take that step back, forcing you to relax a little bit. And then you'll see everything kind of changes in your life. Everything changes in your schedule. Everything changes in your mind. And you start looking at things more positively. 
Another practice that I've incorporated in my life that helped me achieve my goals is getting a daily dose of nature. (laughs) And if you know me, (laughs) you know that nature is not my thing. I like being inside, away from bugs, away from weather. Uh, Unless I'm on the beach somewhere, then it's pretty fun, as long as there's no wildlife around me. (laughs) But we know that spending time directly in sunlight for 10 to 25 minutes every single day when you wake up is beneficial for, you know, it can help improve your immune function, mental clarity, your circadian response, and so many other factors that contribute to a positive and happy lifestyle. And spending time in nature can instantly restore energy and lower stress. So again, going back to that cortisol or your stress hormone where, you know, your body is kind of stuck in this really scared state, being an energy, being an energy, being in nature gives you that energy back. So it lowers your cortisol levels and really helps you focus a little bit more on the peaceful and natural side of things. There's just, there's just something to be said about it. And if you really are taking in that nature experience instead of just, you know, standing outside in a concrete jungle, if you take in and notice things like the leaves blowing in the wind or the ants carrying, you know, trash on the sidewalk, or you notice people who are walking by, all of those things help to bring you back to the moment. Instead of living in the past or living in the present, it forces you to live in the here and now. And that's something that can be said for, you know, even when you are inside, if you can look outside and see the weather, is it sunny? Is it raining? Is the wind blowing? Are there clouds in the sky? Is the sun shining bright that day? All of those things force you to take focus off of what's stressing you out and put you back in the moment. So yes, you're lowering your cortisol, but also you're really helping your body to maintain a more clear mental state, a clear immune response, and a clear stress response just from doing these little tiny things. The next one, and I would say this is probably, it surprises a lot of people, maybe when I say this, that it helps you actually achieve your goals, but it's keeping your space tidy. So I saw this meme on Instagram the other day that was like, all of those people that just stuffed your papers in your backpack, where are you guys right now? (laughs) And almost everybody in the comments was like, oh, I have really bad anxiety now. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's something to be said about keeping your space clean and how that impacts your mind and your body. So clutter can actually contribute to depression. There is a study published in the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin that found that women who describe their living spaces as cluttered or full of unfinished projects were actually more likely to be fatigued and depressed than women who describe their homes as restful and restorative. Okay, so yeah, (laughs) researchers found that women with messy or cluttered homes had higher levels of cortisol. Weird how that happens. And clutter in the same way that it leads to higher cortisol can also lead to decreased focus confusion, and tension. So that would be just because you guys can't see commas. It would be decreased focus, increased confusion, and tension. So a study, I think it was by Princeton University, um, discovered that clutter can make it difficult to focus on a particular task. I find this to be so accurate, it's insane. A person's visual cortex can be overwhelmed by objects not related to a particular task, making it harder to focus and complete efforts efficiently. So (laughs) 
That is to say, if you are sitting at a cluttered desk, chances are you're not really focused on what you're doing because there's so many other visual things that are keeping your attention from focusing on one specific thing. Even if you don't necessarily notice it, if you have a bunch of clutter on your desk or around you or your coworker's desk even, that can actually be super detrimental to the efficiency that you are trying to achieve. In some ways, I guess clutter and mess are really linked to negative emotions, like confusion or tension and irritability for sure. Well, an organized home, or at least one clean and tidy, tends to be more positive and and promoting positive emotions like calmness and a sense of well-being. Literally proven by researchers, in the brain, clutter represents unfinished business and a lack of completeness, which can be really, really stressful to people. And the fact is especially true when people have significant concerns pressing on their lives. So if you are one of those high anxiety, higher stress kind of people, if your home is not clean or tidy, or if it's messy, you would say, then it can be really, really detrimental for you specifically. And cleaning, by the way, can also have a number of positive effects on your mental health, like help you gaining a sense of control over your environment and engaging your mind in a repetitive activity that can have a calming effect. So for anyone who says, I'm an anxious cleaner, like Monica from Friends, that's totally real because you are gaining control over something in your life that seemed overwhelming or out of control. So putting yourself in a position of power there can be very beneficial, not only for your mind, but for your physical well-being as well. And it can improve your mood and provide a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction, which is really, really beneficial as well, because that releases dopamine and serotonin into your system, which counteracts the cortisol effect and also helps you feel good and helps your body function better. So really good things all around. Cleaning is just good for you. I know that you probably hated it when you were little. Your parents gave you chores, but they really are beneficial for you. And that's something to reincorporate if you have kind of let that slide. And the last one, you know, this one probably is the biggest reframe or mindset shift that came from journaling for me. And it's something that I really, I know my clients struggle with and I try to help them with more than anything else when we're on calls, which is looking for progress instead of perfection. Now, even if you don't think you're a perfectionist, there's no way you can have escaped the mantra, you know, practice makes perfect. Everyone said it from when we were children, and we somehow still believe that if you practice enough, you're going to be good at something. I can promise you that that's not necessarily true. Yes, if you practice at something, you're going to get better. And eventually, if you practice enough with the right coaches and the right you know, people by your side and the right support and enough consistency and whatever it is, then yeah, you could absolutely be perfect. But it stands to be said that you can do things and not be perfect, but still achieve progress. And that's where we really start to see people fall off. So perfection sounds like, you know, I have only one shot at this. If I fail or lose or get rejected, it means I suck. I need to quit right away. Or nothing is ever good enough. Or it's either all or nothing. If I can't get everything I want right now, what's even the point? Where progress sounds a little bit more like, well, I'll take as many shots as I can, and I'll learn from every attempt, and I'll get stronger and better every single time. Or done is better than perfect, failure is an event, not a characteristic, or real-world feedback can help me learn and improve. 
or even something small, like I'm going to start small and simple and then iterate and evolve over time. And, and it will eventually be very different than how I started and accepting that. And so really consistency over perfection, dedication over perfection and progress over perfection. You can literally scare yourself into stuckness by assuming that you have to make radical life changes in order to make progress. You do not have to do that. Nothing needs to be radical. Nothing needs to be crazy. Nothing needs to change immediately right now or be perfect right now for you to make progress towards your goal. If I ask you to journal for a week and see if it works and you miss one day, that's okay. I'm not asking for perfection. If I ask for a week and I get two days, that is so much more progress than not journaling at all. Right. And that's how I want you to see all of your goals. Just because you didn't eat on diet this week because you were traveling or you had friends or you were stressed or work was really busy or you were prioritizing workouts instead, that's okay because you're making progress, because you're looking back and evaluating your performance in a specific area of your life and saying, okay, well, that didn't go exactly as planned. What can I do next week to improve on that? How can I make progress? And that's the mindset shift that I really want you guys to move forward with. Progress, not perfection is the only way to bridge the gap between your ability and your ambition. I'm going to say that one more time. Progress, not perfection is the only way to bridge the gap between your ability and your ambition. When you are learning a new skill, or even if you're trying to perfect a skill that you have right now, when you bridge the gap between ability and ambition, that's progress. You're making progress towards that goal. And realistically, people, when they don't see progress, are more prone to quit because they want to see outcome Y instead of outcome B right? They are looking for the end result, not for the journey. And things like, you know, fall in love with the journey, not the destination. Those are things that, you know, they seem so simple and we hear them all the time, but realistically that's progress, not perfection put into a different phrase because we're looking for falling in love with where we are right now while still accepting that we have somewhere else that we want to be and somewhere that we're aiming to go. And that's so powerful. So when you're looking at Achieving your goals, all five of those skills and skill sets are things that you can incorporate piece by piece, one at a time. Maybe some of them are going to work better for you than others. Maybe you find that journaling isn't for you, but meditating is, or expressing gratitude is more powerful than journaling for you. Whatever it is, I want you to take at least one of these tips from this podcast and start to incorporate it into a, a way in a way into your routine that makes the most sense for your lifestyle. Now, if journaling in the morning is not for you, that's totally fine. Do you have 15 minutes at lunch that you can sit, listen to your favorite music or sit in silence or at least be away from people so that you can do this in a fashion that is going to make you proud tomorrow? I don't need you to do this for me. I want you to do this for you. You have goals you want to achieve, and I am not a part of them right now, but I would really love to be. And this podcast is absolutely meant to instill some ideas, maybe stir up some motivation, maybe help a little bit with the consistency side of things. Because honestly, no one wants your goal more than you do. You just have to take the first step to get there, or the second, the third, the fifth, all of these steps. They're not by yourself, but you have to be the one that starts the movement. And other people will support you along the way. They may not be the people you think will be there, but we're here for you. I love you and I support you and your goals. And I want you to be successful, whatever that means for you.
Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It was such a pleasure having you on the Crash Course Podcast brought to you by the Live Unbreakable brand. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave some love on iTunes as a review so I can keep this good stuff coming at you. Or share this podcast with your friends to give them a crash course on something that you're passionate about. If you're not following me on social media yet, I would be honored to have your follow. Just search for Live Unbreakable on any major social media platform and enjoy the extra motivation and knowledge shared over there. And of course, reach out to me at liveunbreakable.com with any questions. Until next time, y'all. Mwah!